Yeah. I know heartbreaks, setbacks. Bitch, if I crap out, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs, you know I get around. So to me, so the part of the game. Hey, what is up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to or watching the Powercast, and we are finally here. Uh, I know it, it was a bit of a delay uh, due to, you know, uh, scheduling issues and, you know, some, some health stuff that, you know, I was dealing with. But um, everything's good. Just, you know, new treatment uh, that I got for my sickle cell and everything. So I had to lie low for a few days and everything like that. And, then, you know, Dana has been working very hard. She's been, you know, at uh, New York Comic Con, which is very exciting. So uh, make sure you follow her for, you know, all the updates and everything. And then check the channel and the website also. Um, and, yeah, uh, time to introduce her, actually. So, Dana, uh, well, how are you, actually? And, and, you know, how was your weekend? Um, my weekend was very busy. I was stuck with 200,000 plus people trying to um, get into panels and see different shows. But uh, I scored a lot of interviews, which will be up on the channel with new shows that are coming out in 2023. Please go see Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and some shows that was already in production, such as Lord of the Rings. We have Winchester, which uh, I believe comes out either today or tomorrow. That is an excellent show. So I got all of the interviews with the cast there. So that was just a really fun time. I tried to stay away from people because it was a lot of people, but uh, got introduced to a lot of good shows that I'll be talking about later on. A lot of sci-fi action, if you're into sci-fi, drama, everything else. It's been covered all genres. So just stay tuned to the channel. But overall, it's been a really fun experience. I hope uh, nothing else happens because I went to New York Comic Con. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, I know you were, you were very well protected with your masks and everything, following protocols. So that that's good. You're being responsible, unlike a lot of other people. Unlike everyone uh, else at New York <laughs> Comic Con, breathing and sneezing. Yay! <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, uh, look out on the channel for all of that wonderful content. And uh, we're also joined by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. And how are you doing, Richard? How was your weekend? Doing good, Gary. Had a very laid back weekend. Did have to do some work on Saturday, but I did try to take it easy yesterday because you are supposed to take it easy on Sunday. Um, saw a couple of movies that we'll probably talk about in the future. But overall, definitely excited and looking forward to talking about this episode of Razor Canaan because uh it is only two episodes left after this. And uh yeah, this was this was this was quite an interesting episode to say the least. <laughs> Oh, yeah, very much so, especially that ending, which we're going to talk about. But um, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, before we get to our takeaways, friendly reminder to the people, if you do enjoy the content, it's very important that you show your support so that we can keep doing this um, and that we keep growing and everything. So please, you know, it's very important that you hit that like button, you know, if you, if you enjoy the show and everything. And then also leave your comments, you know, let us know your thoughts, theories, questions, you know, anything you have to say about power or the power cast, you know, drop those comments and then also check out the channel, look at some of the other content we have here and uh, consider subscribing also if you like what you see and hit the bell icon. Um, and yeah, uh, that is 
about it. I don't want to delay too much. Let's get right into our takeaways because, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to hear what the people are thinking about this episode. Um, so uh, this week is Richard's turn. Uh, wait, hold on. Did I, I? Sorry, I forgot to announce the name of the episode and all that. So just real quick. The, the, the episode is Raising Canaan, Season 2, Episode 8. The name of the episode is A House Is Not A Home. Okay, there we go. You know. um, and yeah, Richard, let us know your takeaways of, of this episode. First and foremost, uh, excellent uh, title of the episode. Shout out to the late Mr. Luther Vandross, because growing up as a kid, my dad had always played this music in the car so when i saw this title i was like i instantly thought about that song obviously it's a lot different of course but uh yeah good title choice so uh let me start by saying i really enjoyed this episode it felt to me like uh this was a redemption episode of sorts for marvin and lulu uh of course there were some other things that happened to marvin in this episode which i will get into but I really enjoyed the episode. And again, it makes me very curious and excited to see what happens in the next two episodes. So uh, my takeaways for this week, some very juicy details to get into. Let's start with, uh, okay, let's start with the lesser uh, topic here. Let's start with Howard and Shannon. In this episode, obviously we saw that storyline develop even further. We know that last week uh, Burke has, been continuing her investigation, you know, digging into Howard's past. And we did see last week as she was at the precinct gathering details, you see that there was an officer listening. You know, obviously people are watching, starting to pay attention to the fact that she is very uh, focused and obsessed with Howard and whatever happened in his life before he met her. So uh, what I did like about this episode is that, you know, we saw that Howard confronted Captain the captain, and he basically told told him that what Burke has been doing. But what's also interesting about that conversation is that, you know, I know there were questions last week when we saw uh, Howard go pay uh, Nicole's father a visit. Well, now we know that he basically also told Nicole's father more about Shannon, and the father decides to release a report saying that he believes that she also had played a role in his daughter's death, that she has been going after young women and basically drugging them. Uh, so uh, I thought that was very interesting that that was the conclusion that they came to with that particular situation. And then we did see that um, when Shannon came to the office, you know, basically she got called into the office and basically got berated. And, you know, the captain warned her to back, to back, to back away, leave Howard alone, so on and so forth. Now, I thought that was a very interesting conversation because he didn't say anything about the claims that she has been, quote unquote, doing things, drugging these other young women. But he was very clear in saying that, yes, I know that you have been investigating Howard. Uh, So I kind of believe that she knows that Howard is behind this and he is the one that told the captain about all this stuff. Obviously, we will see what happens next week. But uh, I like that interaction in the tension back and forth between those two characters because you already know a, a lot of a lot of the messy stuff is going to come out. And when all these details come out and everything comes to a head, uh, it will not end well for – well, it definitely won't end well for Burke. But I'll be curious to see what's going to happen with Howard as well. And then, of course, to finish off this takeaway, we did see that even after being warned, Shannon decided to confront 
Raquel at the supermarket. So you see, when we spoke about this character last week, I said, this feels like Greg Knox from the OG Power, where they have a a, a deep-seated obsession to try to figure out the answers. And we already know that things do not end well for those characters. So I'm very curious to see. Once again, I will give a shout-out again to... uh, Jeremiah Lutumba, because I think his prediction is going to happen in in, in the sense that Howard and Raquel may have to team up and take out uh, Shannon. But uh, we'll see what happens. But great, great, great storyline for those two characters in this episode. Subtle, but there's a lot that happened and it keeps you on the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen next. So let's go to my next takeaway for this episode, having to do with Marvin and Jukebox. And this was by far, in my opinion, one of the best storylines of the episode because we finally got to see, you know, you know, this whole thing we, we, we were talking about with Kenya and the fact that she's in the church. You saw they had their, their own version of this twisted conversion therapy session they decided to have with Jukebox. That was very disturbing to see that. And I like how they had Kanan's dialogue, 50 Cent slash Kanan's dialogue in there talking about... People are always wondering how Jukebox became so cold-blooded. Well, this definitely played a role in that. I'm pretty sure there's other things that are going to still happen with that character too. But what I love about this episode is that finally Marvin, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, it felt it feels like this was a redemption episode because he finally reconnected with Jukebox. Uh, it did, of course, come at the expo- come at the expense of exposing Kenya. Which is unfortunate because, but 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 we already knew there was something was not right with the character. She was out for herself, and she kept saying the whole time, "You know, God does not want you to be gay, so we have to pray the gay away," which is absolutely ridiculous. You know, that's your kid. You should love your kid, regardless of whatever it is that they decide to do in their life, or however they are. That's 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 your kid. So, I'm glad they had that storyline in there. Um, it makes me curious if we're going to still see Kenya again with their next two episodes, I, I have no idea. Uh, but the fact that they were just so violent to Jukebox with the hitting and stuff, that made me want to slap uh, some of those people that, that was there at, 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 the, at the, uh, the actual session. But just very disturbing. And then, of course, we also see in this episode that uh, Marvin is having a good time. Obviously, he does find out about what happened with Dominic, which we'll get into here momentarily. But he goes to go see Renee, because he he has a breakthrough. He finally has a breakthrough with Jukebox. And he decides that he wants to go to her and tell her, you know, tell her thank you for the advice and spend time with her. And then, of course, as he does that, <clears throat> we have Jimmy show up and decide to just take a shot. And then it cuts the camera. Now, let me say something really quickly about this. Okay. All right. Um, Dana has said on this show consistently, this mafia, this mafia, this version of the mafia is a complete joke. Who the hell calls out the target before shooting at the target? And then you give the target time to retaliate and move out the way. Now, obviously, if you saw the trailer for the next episode, which we may talk about briefly later on, they Marvin is not in the trailer. So they want you to believe that Marvin something bad happened to Marvin. Obviously, I think we can all make a guess that Renee probably did get killed because we spoke about that last week that she's probably going to end up being a casualty of all the stuff that's happening with Marvin. But I, I just I just have to give them credit because last season they made us think something bad happened to Lulu. And I recall I said on this very show, probably they're probably going to have a fake out death for Marvin this season because they had Lulu last season. And that's exactly what they had. 
So I look forward to seeing what happens next week. Obviously, Marvin is not uh, dead, but I look forward to seeing what the fallout is that happens from all of this. Uh, And finally, and this is the juiciest part of the entire episode, my final takeaway, Kanan and Raquel. This episode, ladies and gentlemen, Raquel is finally starting to see how she's impacting Kanan and how he is this is he is making the decision to distance himself from his mother. And it all starts at the beginning of the episode when Scrappy's mom confronts Kanan and she tells him she wants to talk to, to, to Raquel. She wants answers for what happened to Scrappy. So again, that makes uh Kanan, you know, very, very, you know, he he he's he's also been asking questions about what really happened to Scrappy. So that makes him question further what's going on. Then we see Raquel threatening Palomar at gunpoint. And I want to give a special shout out to our very good friend and, 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 and host, uh, Mr. Gary Sway, because I know he thought that uh, there might not be any harsh uh, consequences for Palomar. But uh, as you saw in this episode, ladies and gentlemen, Raquel don't play that game. So I, I like to see that. You know, they had the whole thing of famous watching, laughing in the background. You know, he's like, that, that, that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, we got that. And then you saw how Kanan took that when he tried to go and talk to Palomar later. And she told him, no, I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, he, so he was also mad about that, okay? Meanwhile, while this is going on, Raquel is still going behind Cartier's back, trying to talk, try, trying to, 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 do, to do a deal with his boy that they introduced in the last episode. And now she basically is working to get his friend out of jail on a weapons possession charge. So what I, I mean, I'm very curious to see where they're going with that. We'll probably touch into that a little bit later. But to finish out the uh, takeaways, so we do see that, again, Kanan does find, finally, he finally sees the uh, the blood test results. He knows that Howard is his father. He confronts, uh, you know, Raquel about what happened with Palomar. He confronts her about Scrappy. And then he doesn't tell, he does not tell her, again, that he knows she's been lying about the blood test. He doesn't tell her any of that, but obviously he just says, hey, I know something is wrong here. You're, you're not uh, being honest about something. And until you are honest, I'm not going to be around. So he decides to distance himself from her completely, which I think we all knew what was, was coming. Um, he does sleep over Howard's place. They have a little interaction. And then at the end of the episode, he decides he's going to go stay with Famous. So uh, I'm very curious to see what eventually happens with these characters moving forward. I'm very glad to see that Kanan finally is is on to his mom being very manipulative with her words and actions. And I'm curious to see where where things go from here. But overall, I thought it was an excellent episode. Uh, I was there when I saw Marvin get shot or did he get shot? You, ladies and gentlemen, you have to wait and find out next week. I, I can't I can't talk about that. You know, I'm in witness protection right now because of that. But uh, let's see what happens next week. But yeah, overall, excellent episode. I look forward to seeing where we go from here. Nice. Excellent takeaways. Um, and yeah, like uh, I agree, Burke, Burke that, that didn't stop Burke at all. She doubled down and went right back to, to the supermarket to follow Raquel. Uh, yeah, we, we, we got to talk more about that later. Um, and, and yeah, with the, the Palomar thing, I, I don't remember exactly what my words were last week, but, um, I definitely did it. Like, I, I knew she was going to 
get some consequences from Raquel. I knew she, definitely Raquel was going to go see her. But I think I was more so trying to say that um, maybe these two characters are somewhat familiar with each other or something of that nature. And uh, I believe Palomar did actually say that she knew who Kanan's uh, mother was. But, uh, but yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think Raquel was familiar with her. She, she heard about what she was doing. But, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, that, that's what happened there. But, um, oh, yeah, you're going to say something? Now I was just going to say, yeah, that's what piqued her curiosity, as she said. So Kanan has a reputation, obviously, and that's what she was interested in. But now it's too complex with all the stuff he got going on. So she, she, she had to back away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, That's what that, she said. That's that, something we, that was her words. That's something we go talk more about, too. Like, you know, um, her backing away and everything. But um, I definitely want to hear from, from Dana as well. Um, you know, her, her takeaways, her thoughts on this episode. Uh, very curious to see what she's going to single out as her three. So um, go ahead, Dana, take it away. Let us know. Hola, como esta? Hola. This was, can you hear me? Okay, great. This was, hands down, the best episode of the series for me. This, the writing and the acting, everything they delivered, and not just that, you delivered on everything that I've asked for. Everything that annoyed me, you delivered. Any complaint that I had, you delivered. To the point where I would say this was my dinner episode. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't get my good sit-down table meeting, but I got so much going forth in this story that it explains everything, it breaks everything down, and I am so happy. Like, if it ended right now, I'm pleased. I'm, I'm just like, round of applause. I bow to you. I'm happy. Um, and so it started off with, you know, um, once you start bleeding, it's impossible to stop because in this game, it never gets better. I'm paraphrasing. But basically, they're saying, once you're, you're, you, once you're cut, well, you saw the, the, the shooting, right? Once you're, it catches up to you, this game it's hard to, to, to get it back ahead again because the bleeding is never going to stop. Okay, you already lost your momentum. And that I took that as everything that we've watched so far with this season is finally catching up to people. Raquel has been lying and manipulating Kanan uh, for so long that he, you know, when you start asking questions and start poking holes in that story, she's not quick enough to seal it back up. That smile and that charm is not going to always be there to patch things up to the point where he now is living with Famous, who lives like a crackhead. So I got my crackhead reference. I said he was he was pokey. I even got my crackhead reference, so I'm happy. Um, he's completely pushed away. And this goes back to my other question that I raised. This entire family's name is not Stark. Remember, we know him as Kanan Stark. This is not the Stark family. He's so disgusted, I'm theorizing, by his family that he changes his last name. I'm a Stark. I'm not, I'm not them. So you're delivering on future stuff that's just making me very happy right now. So going off with that whole Palomar situation, I've stated that I hope they don't treat this as a Oh, yeah, you smashed her? Yeah. And high-fiving. Yeah, go, man. 
you gave me what I wanted, which was Raquel threatening to kill Palomar because she recognized the rapist of which happened with herself. And she was going around and asking what, what is happening. She is, by definition, a serial rapist. These are children that she is messing with. And she said, oh, you get around. Canaan is not the first one. And she saw that and it triggered her with Howard, which then led into that, that kind of statement that Canaan made earlier, knowing that she, Raquel, was involved with Howard and the DNA test. And you see how everything is connecting and like my own crying because I'm so happy. So it delivered on that. And also Palomar is so afraid. She has the 20 locks on her door. And Kanan's acting all crazed and insane because he must really love that that he's never had a taste for. And he was like, give me more, beating down the door. So that was hilarious. Um, another thing, Scrappy, the Scrappy situation going on with the bleeding. Scrappy is was murdered. He was killed wrongfully because of Howard. But now you have a mother who's constantly questioning and going to the son, which is now causing Kanan to question his mother. So more actions that Raquel is responsible for is now that wound has been cut open because you've been poking at it. It's bleeding out. Scrappy's mom is now a threat. I don't know if she is. She ends up dead or not. I hope not because it's just, just no. But for right now, it's serving the purpose of creating more holes in Raquel's story and creating more of the problems. And the fact that she went to Canaan and Canaan, we already know there's disturbance in the force. So I'm very happy right now with this because all of these lies that she's been doing, even if you think offhanded, is finally catching up to her. And it's impacting her son because that bleeding is spreading out everywhere. Remember we talked about the previous episode, how we talked about the ripple effect. We're getting more of that ripple effect that they talked about in last episode. The Kenya situation, that broke my heart because I didn't want it to be stereotypical, but at the same time, I know that this has happened to so many people, you know, to the point where it's conversion therapy. Um, and so they kept it really truthful. We know what goes on and not just the church, but specifically the black church and the homophobia in the black church. And the fact that I didn't think that they would do it this way. I kind of expected an exorcism. They was trying to exercise the demon out of her. Yet I'm doing air quotations, uh, how they viewed it as a, a, a demon out of her, her being gay, and that I didn't realize that they would make her watch the, the videos as they were beating her. Um, Kenya seemed like she wanted to care, but had such a stronghold by the church that she, she allowed this to happen. And if you look at the church's behavior, that happens to many kids. They try to exercise something out of them. And I'm surprised. Well, obviously, we know she's not dead. But a lot of kids end up dead that way. They later will go on to commit suicide. Or through that exorcism of holding them down, it actually stops their airway and they, and they die. They asphyxiate. 
Um, obviously, that's not the case with Jewelbox, and we knew that going forth because, you know, how did she become that cold-blooded killer that we know her from in the original Power series? That incident also coupled with, I now this is a theory that I have, I knew that Marvin was dead once he became happy. And once um, Jukebox and Marvin started talking and she just called him dad and no one really addressed it until much later. And that's when I know you're dead because I just don't trust happiness. That's just me. That's the weird paranoia in me. But when you're in a situation with him being involved so much with the Italians and the fact that I believe it was Marco who is dead, and now you have the Italians looking after you and the mob coming for you, I knew that that was going to happen. And for me, I'm okay with Marvin being dead. And the reason why I say this is because it furthers that, um, how would I put it in words? It furthers um, jukebox hardness. That one, she finally formed that relationship with her father. And yes, you have to look back at the father was the one who choked her out first about being gay. Then you have the mother with the conversion therapy. But at the end of the day, there is genuine love between the two. It is not a good relationship. It is a toxic relationship. But the one who loves you the most is Marvin. And that is what Raquel and everyone else has been saying. Remember, your family, this is our family. Kenya's been gone. She's not been here. You know, Marvin is not perfect, but he's been here. And if you look at the statistics overall, a single black male father, is, it, it, is occur, it happens, but it's more rare. We always hear about the single black female, you know, the, the single black mother. So by that happening, I think that it's going to further that meanness that she has later on, that corruptness. I don't know where we're going to get there because we're only on one season two many decades passed until we get to the jukebox that was a stone cold crazy person and that Kanan was like, I, I, I gotta kill him. So we, we will get to that, but these are the, the beginnings of that stage. So I'm okay with Marvin dying at this moment. Um, so that right there was amazing to me. Side note, Ziza cannot sing, but she does sound very 90s, but she still cannot sing. Um, and then on top of that, I was really interested in, I like how Unique didn't involve himself really in what was going on and is watching everything fall and laugh in the corner. He may have set up the pieces, but at the end of the day, it's Marvin and everyone else doing the dirty work that's, that's making the pieces fall for him. So the fact that, you know, the Italian hookup oh, you spoke to this guy. I gave him the recommendation. Now, he didn't, Unique had nothing to do with the, the, the assassination going wrong, but he's just in the corner in the back saying, ha ha, Zeke, it's karma, it's my revenge. So I really liked how they played that up as well. Um, so that was really great and really important and just kind of the sidetrack because I forgot this really quickly. We got our innocent which is another reason why I'm extremely happy. You know, around this time, around this episode, and probably next week, we always get that, you know, um, the innocent who dies. And if it's not, if Marvin is not dead, which I hope we do get a Marvin death, but um, the fact that 
Marvin stated in the car, you know, how he's trying to change and transform words matter and that whole speech that he gave to himself and that he went to go see Renee for more advice. I didn't even view it as like, hey, I want to go and bang you. I just viewed it as I genuinely need advice. I'm my daughter is talking to me and this is somewhat happy news, even though it's through tragedy. Um, that right there. I think was just a really great setup for what they did overall and to show that Marvin is trying to change. And if he does live, that is going completely out the window. I think, I think this is like the moment where he switches and there's a rage within him because I don't, I don't think that this piece is going to last very long, especially if it is Renee that is dead. Um, I think something will switch back and he'll have to turn back to, angry Marvin in order to actually defeat the Italians that are trying to kill him, even though technically it's his fault. So we'll see. But overall, this to me was a very great show. I loved this episode. I loved everything that they did. They delivered all of the little holes that they had throughout the, throughout the season so far. They're either plugging up those holes and I'm just very happy. Yeah, and, and I very much agree. This this was one of my favorite episodes as well. Um, and interesting takes you have on on the Marvin thing. Um, and yeah, we we we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But I like I like what you said about um, you know don't trust happiness. Um, I I was kind of feeling that way too because this was a really good episode for Marvin, like in terms of the jukebox stuff and everything like that. Um, and then you know. On the flip side, you have the whole, you know, Saul and Marco thing looming in the background, and then you know you get that ending. Um, so yeah, I, I do agree with uh, what you said about that, but you know, I, I have some more thoughts on that later. But excellent takeaways overall, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll expand a bit on on some of the things both of you have said so far. But I'll I'll get right into my takeaways now, so then we can get to that discussion segment in a little bit. Um, so, uh, firstly with Kanan, um, so in this episode, it seems like it, it's, it's the start of his kind of like independent streak a little bit. Um, cause I will say for Kanan throughout this season, season two, um, he's like, in, well, this is just my personal opinion, but I feel like he his character has been overshadowed by the other characters. Like, I feel like the other characters have had a more interesting story and pathway than Kanan has in this season, uh, particularly Raquel and Marvin. Um, so, yeah, like, but I feel like, you know, this episode is kind of like the start of him kind of uh, being more active, more proactive and making his own decisions and coming into his own. So obviously, you know, in this episode, he's kind of battling with, uh, you know, his, his, uh, you know, thoughts about his mother and everything, you know, um, and, you know, we see the thing with Scrappy's mother showing up and, you know, questioning why Ra Ra Raquel hasn't done anything to, to find out, you know, about his death or get back at whoever killed him. Obviously, we know Raquel was the one that killed him, but, you know, the others don't know that. And, you know, um, so that plants, you know, more of a question in, in, in Kanan's mind. And then, you know, we get the whole thing with the DNA test as well, the DNA results and all that stuff. And then there's also the Palomar thing. 
And um, what I found very interesting, you know, um, what I found fitting in this episode is that, you know, Raquel takes, um, she invites, I guess, Kanan to the new house that she's been working on getting, you know, and she said, you know, this is going to be our new home. And, you know, Kanan immediately says, you know, what about Southside? Southside is at home or whatever. And, you know, they, they end up having a discussion about what's been going on with Scrappy's mother and everything else um, and and Palomar. And by the end of that conversation, you know, Kanan actually says that he wants to move out. He wants to move in with Famous. So he doesn't even want to move in this house and he doesn't want to live at the house that they currently live at. He wants out, period. And he wants to, to move in with Famous and, you know, start making decisions for himself, I guess. He wants to be free of the manipulation. So, yeah, I found that very fitting. Um, and, you know, Raquel's Raquel's whole demeanor scares me because she's too calm. Like, she's way too calm throughout this whole episode. Like, with everything that happens, you know, from the Marvin situation to the Kanan situation, she's just looking way too calm. Even the Burke situation, she's, like, way too calm throughout. So I feel like she she's planning some stuff, like, in the background. Like, she, she has to be, like, she has to have some things going on that, that we're just not seeing yet. And, you know, maybe we'll see it play out within the next two episodes. Um, but yeah, she was like way too calm about everything. Um, and, you know, of course she's, she's kind of stone cold. That's her character. She kind of, she holds things in and bowls it up. We don't really see her have, you know, uh, extreme outbursts or anything like that. Um, you know, that's just who she is. She's learned to kind of like deal with the the pain and, and, you know, the, uh, the, I guess the roughness, the rough and toughness of, of the street life and everything like that. She's kind of learned to, to live with that and, and she adapts to it. But, but yeah, like, I, I just, I feel like we haven't seen the brunt of what Raquel is planning yet. And um, I can't wait to see how this, uh, this season ends, because I mean, this this episode right here could have, I mean, maybe not exactly a finale, but it felt like, you know, a lot of things kind of wrapped up a little bit. Um, so I'm interested to see where they go next with some of these storylines that they've got um, in the next two episodes. And, and I, like, there must be some huge climax coming in episode 10. So I can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, we know that, you know, Famous isn't, going to be the best roommate for Kanan. He's probably going to get into a lot of trouble. Uh, Famous is a bit irresponsible, you know, and and even uh, as Dana alluded to, you know, even Jukebox said, you know, he's a crackhead. You know, you can't, you can't trust him. Like, you know, he's, he's a junkie kind of, kind of guy. So, so yeah, like, it's going to be interesting to see what Kanan's life is like now. Um, but this could be the start of Kanan becoming that independent character that we see in OG Power. So I'm excited for that. Um, and secondly, uh, I know Dana kind of touched on Unique a little bit. So from my perspective, because, you know, I was uh, I was observing a lot of like, you know, Joey Badass's uh, facial expressions, his, his facial acting and everything. And to me, it almost seems like he cares a little bit about like, it's like he want, he has some sort of need to kind of protect and, and look out for Marvin a little bit and Raquel. It's like if, if you if you really pay attention to his facial expressions, you know when when he's at the I don't know if it was like the funeral or memorial or something for Marco, 
uh, and he spoke to Saul, he seemed like very concerned about the situation, like in in his face, like he, you know, he kind of played, he played like her, he played it off like he didn't know what was going on, um, you know, um, and that was, of course, to protect, you know, the situation because, you know, at first of all, at the start of the episode, we see him talking to Marvin. So he's very aware of what's going on and that Marvin, you know, um, hired Marco and everything like that. So then when we see him talking to Saul, he doesn't mention any of that. So he is kind of protecting them at that point. Um, and, and yeah, I'm wondering where that's going to go because, you know, they're supposed to be rivals or, well, they're technically working together, but like we know there's some disdain between Unique and Raquel. So I'm wondering where this is going to go with, you know, Unique kind of being sort of in the middle, but also helping, uh, you know, Marvin and, and, and Raquel a little bit. Um, and of course, they even have that little meeting at the end where, you know, they kind of fill in Raquel on what's been, been going on and stuff. So it's like, you know, where does his loyalties lie? Is he, is he, is he out for himself or, you know, it, by the end of this season, might we see him actually work more closely with Raquel? And and if that does happen, I don't expect it to last. I don't think it's going to be a forever thing uh, because this is power. The The balance of power always shifts. But yeah, I, I feel like at the moment he sees more of uh, a, a camaraderie with with Raquel uh, and the family than with the Italians. And I don't know if that's a South Side thing. You know, maybe he has some loyalty to where he comes from. So he's like, you know, I'd rather side with 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 the people I, I grew up around than you know these Italian people. But but yeah, see, like I, I just like the complexity of his character. In, in this situation where, you know, he, he has this connection with the Italians, but he, he's also kind of helping, you know, Raquel and Marvin. So uh, that was interesting. I found that very interesting in this episode. Um, and then, you know, final takeaway. So Marvin, you know, uh, I mean, we kind of already, you, you two have already kind of talked about all of this, but um, yeah. So, Everything was going so well for him in this episode, you know. We finally saw the jukebox thing come to, you know, come full circle a little bit. Um, and although jukebox said she still needs a little bit of time before she's kind of ready to, you know, I guess move back in and, and hang out with him and stuff like that, you know, um, they did get a bit closer. And then, you know, with the Kenya situation, um, you know, we saw that, you know, Marvin actually went to confront her. And, you know, they argued a little bit and she slapped him or whatever. And Jukebox, you know, her 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 first reaction was like, dad, you know, she called him dad. She hopped out the car and she ran to defend him. So, you know, that shows that, you know, there there is still a lot of love there. Um, and I think, you know, Jukebox finally now sees that, um, you know, Marvin, he he does want the best for her. He has been there for her you know, her whole life and everything. And he just made a mistake. He made a very, very bad mistake last season when he, you know, when he beat her up for when he found out about Nicole and everything, you know, it, it was a very bad thing that he did. And I think he he realizes that now, especially after going through the whole anger management course. Uh, I think Renee has helped him to understand things a lot. And, you know, even that little monologue he has about, uh, you know, words being important, you know, 
choosing your words wisely and how you say them and all that stuff, you know, that's that's a product of uh, Renee's, you know, course uh, and her programming and in, uh, showing inside of him. And, and, you know, he realizes that the things he says to, you know, jukebox is important and he can't just, you know, lash out and be radical like he used to be. You know, he has to kind of uh, pay attention and, um, you know, cho- choose his words wisely and think about his actions a little more. But on the flip side of that, you know, we also have the this, this Sal and Marco thing, um, you know, and that was a, a mistake that he made in, um, you know, wanting to get rid of Tony and then hiring these guys. And then, you know, this, we, we saw what happened. So, yeah, um, just that catching up to him, you know, um, and he obviously went to go see Renee to, you know, because he was feeling good about himself and. I guess he wanted to thank her and everything for her help and support and, and, uh, you know, maybe take her out, you know? Um, and then, uh, as, as Richard said, the, the worst hitmen in, in the history of the mob show up and call his name and start shooting. So, you know, if there, if, if there's any witnesses or anything like that, you know, uh, they've got all the information they need. They know that the shooters knew this guy. It wasn't a random shooting, you know? Um, so yeah, like, <laughs> um, but I guess we'll see what the result of that was. Um, I really liked how they dropped the Ice Cube uh, track right after, you know, in the credits. Um, that you know that hit hard after that after that scene. Um, and also, like, I haven't seen them utilize the, the a cliffhanger like this in a very long time in Power. Like, just the way they dropped it. Like, we we haven't really seen that a whole lot. So it. Um, it felt good, like, and, and it has me excited to see the, the next episode. Like, I'm really dying to know what happens. Um, and yeah, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to discussing what we think is gonna happen. Um, you know, because I know Dana's already kind of touched on that, and Richard too. So yeah, we're gonna get to discussing that in just a sec. But those are my takeaways. Definitely one of my favorite episodes of the season. Um, and you know, I hope that the next two episodes live up to that and you know just continue get getting better um but yeah uh those are my takeaways this week and uh we are going to get to our questions and discussions in just a sec um did you want to say something dana i saw you waving your finger see what see what happened was i was listening to your takeaway and then i have a question um, in regards to unique situation remember how you were saying i think he cares for him i don't see that I think that you can be used to somebody, but I don't think he genuinely cares for him. My thing is, I wonder if, because we saw previously, the Italians don't like black people. We've seen them refer to the black people as N-word multiple times, and it's not like, you know, out of joy and love and respect. That's a whole other topic on that. But the point is, Unique may be friends with him, but at the same time, He could be referred to as, you know, that's my black friend over there. We don't really do business with them, but I I equate, I, he is my acquaintance. Knowing that if Marvin is taken out or Raquel or anyone else, that then leaves him without an ally. Not to say that we're best friends, but you need allies in this situation. What makes him think or anyone else think that the Italians won't take out unique as well. They don't respect him. I don't feel that that's respect. 
I view it as that is someone that we know that we need to hang around because, you know, you're good for business. You connect us with the blacks that we don't like, but it's still business, right? So that whole situation and the way how you said it was like that he cares about him. He cares about Unique and Marvin and Lulu and all of them. I don't feel that at all. I think that they may be like a show of respect because, hey, we've been doing this together. We've been going back and forth. You put me in jail. I respect how you run that. I don't like that. I respect that in terms of you one-upped me. I have to come back at you differently, but you did one-up me. Um, so for me, I don't view that as respect at all. Also, the whole situation when, when, when um, what's her name? Jukebox ran out and said, Dad, that I would one or two things that I didn't know when she ran out and she, after she slapped him, I wondered if it was a dad, don't hit her. And then the fact that she also said dad, that was a very guttural response, but it showed that united front that even though we may have our issues within each other, we still have that united front together. Never once did she call her. I don't really recall her calling Kenya mom. She always called her Kenya. And to show Kenya, you're an outsider, dad, see that referral, see, we're a family unit. You don't belong here anymore. So please go. So I, that's all I just wanted to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think uh, Unique is going to ask, you know, Marvin out to the, to, to go skating or go to the arcade or anything like that. You know, I'm just. I think like more so what you said is more a respect thing and a code thing because they're both from South Side, you know. So I think that's that's what it was like, you know. I, so I, we're saying the same things just in different ways. But but yeah, go ahead, uh, Rich. Uh, I agree. I just was going to add that uh, I also feel like uh, with Unique is Marvin, Raquel, etc. Uh, if anybody wants to come after Raquel and take them down, it's Unique. He doesn't want anyone else to have the glory of doing that. This is why you keep them close, you know, and then when they eventually have their falling out later, it makes sense for him to be the one to try to go after them and take them out. So that's that's what I also got from that interaction. Also, the fact that the trailer for next week shows that we'll get into that later, but that also shows, again, it, it, it highlights that point of him not wanting the Italians to take action against them but he feel like he will do it himself because he already has history with them. So, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So real quick, friendly reminder to the people, you know, let us know your comments, your thoughts about, you know, these takeaways and anything we've, we've discussed so far. You know, we love reading those comments and those theories and everything. So drop those down below. Hit the like button also, you know, if, if, if you're watching this, uh, to, to this point here and you haven't hit like yet, you know, what are you doing at this point? You know, like, please hit the like button. It's free. You know, it doesn't cost anything. Um, and yeah, subscribe to the channel also. But let's get right into, you know, the, uh, the, the questions and discussions because, you know, there's a lot to discuss and it's going to be very entertaining. So let's get right into, you know, the Marvin, uh, the, the cliffhanger, the Marvin and Renee situation, you know. So uh we we've got we've got dana's take so far she thinks that you know this the way it's set up you know she could see marvin you know actually being dead 
Um, and I'm, I'm going to agree because I, I feel like the way it was set up, it does feel like, you know, uh, it would be a Marvin death. But I don't necessarily want him to die. So I'm holding out hope that that is not the case, you know, because I, I, I like the character. I don't want him to die. And I think it would be a bit drastic for him to go already. But um, but the way it's set up, it's like, wow, like, you know, he, he must it, it, like I'll say this. If he's not dead, he's going to be seriously injured in some way, I think, or crippled, you know. So I think it, it could be something like that, too. But. Um, you know, he could also still be alive. So the question is, you know, who is going to live and who is going to die out of Marvin and Renee? Like, what is going to be the result, you know, once we get into this next episode? So, uh, Dana, you you already wanted to say something, so take it away. See, what you're, you're they already prophesied this because, you know, the streets need a body right now. The song, so the song makes some sense right now. The streets need a body, and that body, I would prefer it to be Marvin because it, it forwards everything. Raquel would be angry, and she already knows that she has to go after the Italians. That whole situation when they were sitting together and Kiki in that room and explaining and breaking down things, and she was just like, no, no. Because she, she didn't want to deal with them. And she knows that, you know... Dumber number one and dumber number two, they both dumb, but the other ones aren't, especially the one who's at the head of the Italian mob. So that can create more problems for her. Um, she was cool with dealing with um, the whole unique in the corner boy situation. That was fine, but she has that as well. Also on top of this, this will involve Cartier. This goes back to, remember, with Cartier, well, in the trailer, which we'll touch on, he wants to buy into a corporation. Scratch my back. I'll scratch your situation. That's what they have setting up. This also goes back to the dinner that they had in this episode. They were eating caviar, and Raquel was eating the caviar. I remember the, the kind of the story or the allegory or whatever metaphor you want to say with allegory or not. Sorry. It's been a long weekend. Um, but the metaphor that they used for caviar is being, you learn to like it. It tastes horrible, but you will learn to like this because it, you need this later on to impress others to make you think you're all great and bougie and everything. Point is, I feel she needs Cartier for this situation, this Italian situation. He needs a business to buy into the corporation because as we've seen right now, things are slowly starting to fall apart. And Raquel is slowly picking up the things that are falling apart. But they're not going to be there when it comes to the Italian mob. Those are for later on down the line in hopes that things work out for her betterment with the business. So Cartier gets involved there. Um, Unique is stuck in a unique situation. Great name. Um, and then on top of that, you have the jukebox. <clears throat> I need her to be cold and hard and dead inside or continue to be dead inside. And this is also a really great way for her to be that way. Uh, and right now you have the whole Renee situation. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe she gets killed too. Was, uh, was it only one firing of the bullet or was it good to go bang, bang? I don't remember. But the point is I'm cool with Marvin dying and I want him to stay dead because it furthers his story um, we get angry Raquel back again. 
Um, my house is falling apart. I wonder if that means how she'll handle this. We'll start with fall apart. Cartier's in the mix. Unique is looking at the side in the corners, laughing, but like also nervous at the same time. So for the betterment of the story, I'm cool with Marvin dying. And if Marvin isn't dead and it is Renee, yeah, that's sad for him. I really don't care. Throwaway character. Um, but just to declare, I didn't care about Zeke when he died. So throwaway characters. Maybe she ends up dead anyway. So she's a throwaway character and it just fuels Marvin's anger. And then he'll probably revert back to the old Marvin. Um, and that's great and good, but it's not as something that's going to keep me on the edge of my seat if Marvin dies. So I would prefer that the streets get the body. Please, because we already got, we got Crown Macho. They pulled up his body. They need another body to replace that body. Streets have to eat. Eat that body. Yeah, good point about Crown. Uh, we, we're going to get to that in a little bit. But yeah, great, great points there. Um, Richard, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, Rene or Marvin? What, what's going to happen there? Well, let me start by saying, I think uh, both you and Dana had some excellent points. Uh, I, however, think that Marvin survived. And let me explain why that is. Marvin has had an issue communicating with Jukebox. And that they got to the heart of that storyline this particular season. After all that happened last season between him and Jukebox, he went to this, this, this whole anger management therapy session because it was court-ordered, but also because he's trying to better connect with Jukebox. So you saw in this episode, when he had that interaction with Jukebox, he made that comment about, I'll hit you back later, and then corrected himself immediately after that because he didn't mean to say that. But him going to see Renee was because he needs help trying to get better at communicating with his daughter. So in my mind, it makes sense for Renee to get killed because Renee wasn't just a, a, a beacon of change, that he can be a changed person, but also hope for him to actually have a better future with somebody who actually is a good match for him. So it makes sense in my mind for her to get killed because it's not just the fact that, yes, she is killed. She's considered a throwaway character, but also all the people that she helped in therapy in that same group, that loss will be felt by them as well. So, and of course, Marvin is going to feel guilt because this is something that he did, a situation that he got involved and now innocent people near him are getting killed. So I think it makes sense from a storyline standpoint for her not to survive this as for marvin getting killed i kind of feel like the storyline with marvin is that the death has to come for it to be more meaningful it has to come from somebody who also is a meaningful character i believe there were comments made before what if raquel killed marvin in the future that could still happen because again this whole situation is that sal came to talk to her and she said no she immediately said i'm not going to take out marvin that was between that was a bad something bad that happened with your son, but I'm not going to get involved in that. And then, of course, then Sal proceeded to say, well, that's very disrespectful to me, so I'm going to do what I need to do. And, of course, he tries to take out Marvin. So uh, I kind of feel like Marvin's death has to come from somebody, a much better character than Jimmy and whoever this other guy is that he was trying to take him out with. Because the Jimmy assassin is very inconsistent when they tried to take out Raquel. He didn't call out, hey, Raquel, hey, black woman, and then try to take a shot. That's why I say, who 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 calls somebody out when you're about to take a shot? 
you've seen it in movies plenty of times, unless you want to have like a nice killer throw throwaway line to make it seem like you're a badass, but you just shoot the person. You don't give them a warning and then try to shoot them. That's why I say no. So I personally would love to see if Marvin does eventually get taken out. I want it to be by somebody else. That's a much more meaningful character than Jimmy, but uh, we'll see what happened. But again, it was an excellent cliffhanger because it is going to leave people talking. And I will say this stars is very smart that this was not the episode that they decided to release and then have a break afterward because people would be absolutely livid having to wait that long to get an answer. But luckily we don't, we won't have to wait that long because they will, but they will return next week. But uh, that's just my opinion. Um, And I'm very curious to see which direction they can go. They definitely could kill Marvin. I just kind of feel like though, I Jimmy, the Jimmy character is not a good character. I don't, that's, that would just be a very disappointing death for him to be the one to do it. And, and also the last point I will add is that this whole thing about Sal and the Italians, the mob, this is not going to end peacefully. I know that Dana made the comment that Cartier could do a deal. That could happen, but because they attempted to kill Marvin, there's no way that this ends peacefully. Uh, it's going to be a war between these two uh, groups. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you, you make an excellent point, Rich, because, um, you know, you, you don't want Roman Reigns being being by a jobber, you know, like, so <laughs> you, you can't have Mar- Marvin being taken out by Jimmy, you know, all people. Go ahead, Omar from The Wire was taken out by a five-year-old. Yeah, but then True. that character ended up becoming important in the show later. He he ended up his little rise to, 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 to fame, even though it was short. Um, yeah, and, the Jimmy and, character is, is definitely going to get taken out, though. I think the next episode, he's he's gone. <laughs> yeah, that 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 kid was a better shooter than Jimmy. So I mean, you know. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Um, but but I I would I, I kind of agree with what Rich is saying because like it would hit harder if if uh, Marvin ends up getting taken out by you know somebody more important. Like for for instance, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but for instance, like let's say you know the pressure kept mounting on Raquel, and you know she had to you know the she had to take out Marvin if she wants to continue selling drugs or whatever, you know, like if she had to be the one to do it, you know, that, that, that would, be. that would mean more. And yeah, it but. would be the breaking point for, for, um, which my face, Marvin, not Marvin for Kate. Okay. So it would be the breaking point for Kanan and also for jukebox, I believe maybe because we do know they were still, even though Kanan was terrified of of jukebox later on, from my understanding, they were still very close. So they could, you know, let's run away together, and that the house is not a home. It's not a home anymore. We're seeing the cracks and the foundation, you know. But also going back with that, if the house is not a home, Marvin is dead. There's no reason for jukebox to stay anymore. But then again, we're only in season two, so who knows? Uh, I just want to add a quick point. Yeah, I, I like what you said, but I, I do want to I do want to reiterate what you both said. What you said specifically, Dana, I agree hundred percent. The way the episode is written is very well done because again, Marvin had an excellent episode. He finally had a breakthrough with his daughter, so it makes sense logically for him to get taken out. But I don't like this Jimmy character. I'll be disappointed to see he was successful in this attempt. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, Renee is definitely a goner because 
that's that's a guarantee and that and that will Marvin will feel the weight of that and and as you said that could make him angry you know because because again he's already struggling to talk the jukebox so it makes sense that he would never fully get to that point because of what happens with her but that's just an idea we have to see which direction they go yeah and you know even though you know Dana said you know it's a throwaway character I think you know if, if Renee did die the the impact would be more about how it changes Marvin and you know he'd like all of that anger management training like that would fizzle away completely like you know once uh once she dies so yeah uh that is that's that that's a realistic possibility that Renee is the one you know that that dies and then uh we see Marvin switch up completely and you know go back to his old ways um but yeah, uh, let's get to another question uh, now. So Dana, you mentioned the uh, Crown Camacho thing. So let's touch on that real quick. Um, they made it a point to show us that his body, you know, was found. Um, and, you know, they, they took the ID out of his uh, shirt pocket or something. I don't know. And, and it was still intact and they read his name, you know, um, Crown Camacho. So what do you guys think is going to happen with this now that they found his body? I mean, obviously, Lulu is the one that took him out. Um, so, you know, is this now going to come back on him? Is there going to be some sort of maybe investigation surrounding the record label, you know, or some situation like that? Uh, go, go ahead. Uh, you want to say something, Dana? Uh, basically, this is going to turn into a murder ink situation. Uh, mm. <laughs> because remember, it wasn't the fact that we just found the ID. It was the fact that he found, I guess, was the business card that said, oh, Crown Entertainment. What does that mean? Let's go and talk. And then, you know, Lulu is sitting up there as the killer. You got Ziza, who oh, she just got, you never noticed she got really excited when it was like another thing of violence. She was like, hey, really happy. There's nothing else going on in there, but she was really happy about that. Um, so I just wonder, she, you know, she's the kind of person who seems like she's going to bounce. Is there any cops? going around so he's basically left on her own or she can even be the one to write him out i don't trust her i don't even like her she's not even that talented but whatever um so that's gonna bring more of the investigation side to this entertainment and not just that remember cartier is now he's invested in there i don't know if they actually had any kind of paperwork but the point is, he's part, he's part of this, and it's Cartier and all his stuff that could bring this even more worse. Because remember how he explained, if he broke down all the different businesses, you have to have different stuff funneling in your money. And all of these connections with the art and this business and that. So because of his BS, that Lulu, if you really look at it, he's more of like, a lower criminal compared to Cartier. You got embezzlement and fraud and maybe, I don't know, wire fraud as well in there. I don't know what he's really done, but his charges seem to be way more serious than what Lulu has done. So I feel that this is going to bring more heat onto the business because of Cartier. They made it a, a thing where, you know, he came to him for a reason and in Cartier's monologuing about all the different stuff that he's able to do so i wonder again this is not going to look good 
business-wise and even, you know, with the police-wise. So this is basically Murder, Inc. I hope they have good records in terms of keeping all their receipts. You know, I hope that that works out for them and that it's not a everyone-goes-to-jail situation. Yeah, that, that's that's an excellent point. Um, you know, the whole Cartier thing. He, he is not going to like police snooping around. And, you know, if they did sign paperwork, you know, that means it's going to lead directly to him and what he has going on. So, yeah, he's he's not going to be happy about that. And I wonder how that affects his, uh, you know, situation with Raquel. Because I, I don't know what they're doing, but they, they're spending a lot of time together. But, but yeah, um, that's, that's going to be interesting to see. And uh, Richard, what what do you think about you know the Crown Camacho thing? Uh, I think Dana had a that, that was an excellent takeaway by Dana because I I didn't think about that immediately, but yeah, Cartier would not like to be involved in any of this. Uh, one alternative path that I also think that they may take or consider is that <clears throat> there is one person that can find out about find out about this information and try to stop something from happening. And that is our very good friend, Mr. Howard, because you see this whole time he's been still meeting up with Raquel, telling her, yes, all these lies that you're, you're not talking to Kane and it's going to catch up with you. So I kind of feel like uh, he could once again, if he sees that Lulu is in trouble, he can tell her, well, I can intervene and stop this from happening, but you're going to have to do something for me. You're going to have to be upfront with Kanan and tell him what's actually happening. So I could see that happening. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Dana's theory is a stronger theory because again, Cartier is involved now and they made it a point to let you know in the next trailer that he said he wants a bigger piece of what's happening with the actual, with, with the actual record company. So that makes a, a ton of sense. Um, but, uh, I'm very curious to see what happens because, uh, Lulu is in a really bad situation. Uh, and to point out Dana's comment about Ziza being happy, yes, this is the new Bonnie and Clyde. So I laughed when I saw that. <laughs> you can't even say Bonnie, and you can't even really say it's the new Bonnie and Clyde because Bonnie, I mean, Clyde was the one who also took great enjoyment in it as well. Lulu seems like he's actually thinking. He's actually concerned. There are issues that are going on that can affect him. Ziza is so airheaded and there's nothing really going on there. She doesn't really grasp the gravity of certain situations unless, like, the police literally come to her. So, well, that's just what I wonder. She's just kind of... Oh, yeah. No, I, no, I, 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 I agree 100%. Um, we'll have to see what happens. But I, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, obviously Lulu, he is thinking about a lot of different things. But as soon as that music started playing, he said, oh, yeah, OK, I guess now we can have some fun after that. So I kind of feel like, you know, he may start to get a little attached to this to, to her as well. You saw that in that little that little love scene. You saw how how much he was into it. It was like, oh, OK, all right. Well, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but at the end sure, of the day. Um, was- so what? Go ahead. That was not a love scene. That was a didn't <laughs> quit it situation. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, 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 it was a quickie. It was a quickie. All right, they didn't have the, they didn't have the interruption by Gary's uh, favorite crew of people uh, this time in the episode. So that that was interesting. But uh, yeah, I I just think uh, Lulu was in too deep. 
you know, his relationship with her, whatever he has with her. And then you have Cartier right there as well. So yeah, the police getting involved, that does not, that's not going to be a good sign for what's happening with this company moving forward, but we'll see what happens. And the last point I will add is the record producer that Lulu threatened with the gun, this guy is now a witness. So if the police question him, you could say, yeah, something happened to my boy Crown. Maybe he's behind that because he threatened me as well. So you see, this is all bad for him moving forward. So mm, that's an excellent point. That's that's going to be something that comes back on him too. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, th- th- this could be the end of Bulletproof Records, you know, as we know it. And I mean, with a name like that, how would the cops not, you know, <laughs> suspect Lulu? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all in the name, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, this so. Could, uh, this- this could Go easily ahead. be a, a, a parody of what happened with Murder Inc. because their name was Murder, and then they had to change it after that investigation because it caused too much attention of Murder Inc. Yeah. Are we making fun of Gotti? Is he Gotti? <laughs> Gotti. Yeah, Irv Gotti. Is he Irv Gotti? He's Irv Gotti. Because didn't 50 Cent and him have a history where he tried to, was it him? Yeah, they hate each other. They hate, they each, hate, other. They hate each other. Child, Lulu is Irv Gotti. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past 50 to to, to make fun of uh, Murder Inc. in the show. So that 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 parallel could ring true for real. But um, so yeah, let's, uh, in the interest of time, let's get to the next question. So, um, so even after being warned, you know, we saw how Howard played everything in this episode with Burke. You know, he uh, he set everything up with uh, Nicole's father so that he would, you know, put in another report about uh, Burke and everything. Um, and then, you know, he he, t- he told the police chief, you know, about, you know, what she's been doing. She's been digging into old reports and history and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, um, she, she got called into his office. He grilled her, told her, you know, sit your ass down, stop being so nosy, you know, um, and mind your business and all that stuff. So um, and then she's immediately back. You know, she goes to uh, to to the store where Raquel is and starts asking her about her history with Howard and her being an informant. Um, so, you know, clearly she's not going to stop. She She's going to keep being a Karen, as uh, Dana would put it. Um, you know, and so what What do you think is going to have to happen with, with Burke? How are they going to have to deal with her to stop her? You know, because Howard did a lot of things to try and put a stop to this, but clearly it's not working. So what is going to be the next step? And uh, I'm going to go to you first this time, Richard. What, do you have any, any thoughts on that? First and foremost, Gary, I thought her name was Shannon, not Karen, but uh, yeah, I understand <laughs> But 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 so let so let me let me just say this right now. Uh, Yeah, the character is like I said earlier. This is another Greg Knox, very obsessed in things that she should not be concerned about, and asking Raquel all these questions about. So who? So so you have a history with Howard? You know, you you got with him when you when when you was just a teenager. So you know, she she really should not be diving into all of these topics to try to find answers. But to answer your question, Gary, uh, I'm going to go back to what uh, Jeremiah Latumba left in the comment. I, I think the end game here is that Howard and Raquel are going to have to work together to get rid of her. Now, I did find it interesting how, as I said earlier, 
when the captain confronted her, he didn't say anything about the claim that Nicole's father said, which I find to be very interesting because that is a complaint in and of itself. That to me would be grounds for termination or suspension right there. But he didn't say any of that. He said, no, just leave Howard alone, which makes it look like Howard said something to him. That's why I want to see what happens in the next episode with these two characters, because that was very, you know, she, she asked, oh, how did he find out about this? How, you know, she has to know how it had to have said something about it. So um, let's see what happens. But I think the end game here is that Howard and Raquel are going to have to work together and find a way to take her out. Now, once that happens, they have to be very careful because people are going to be very suspicious that Howard was involved with this or, you know, but somebody, somebody that was involved, involved with this that wanted her gone. So they got to be careful how they play this. Because obviously I thought hey, this would have led to a suspension, the stuff that we found out about in the beginning of this episode, but it did not. So um, let's find out what happens. But I will say uh, I'm going to also revisit what I said also on this show a couple weeks ago, which is that even though Symphony is gone, right? You didn't see him in this episode, right? I would not rule out the fact that because uh, Howard had that conversation with Raquel in the previous week and said, oh, so your boy might be a problem. I will not rule out that Howard may take it upon himself to track down Symphony and take him out if he feels as though he also is a threat. And that would be something that would surprise Raquel. Because just imagine the dynamic. She works with Howard to take out uh, Burke. And then all of a sudden she finds out later, oh, yes, and I took care of uh, your boy Symphony. That would be, yeah, that would be kind of explosive. She would not see that coming. But We'll see what happens. <laughs> mm. Mm. Interesting point. I like that. I like uh I like those uh those potential ideas there. So uh good thoughts. Dana, what what would you think about uh Shannon, your favorite character? Um I think um this is the case. Okay, so they set it up earlier as in, you know, people are saying that you're supplying the girls with drugs. That right there is her downfall. The fact that he didn't bring up the whole Nicole situation, he's keeping that in his back pocket so he can pull out that, that Uno card when Burke continues to show her butt, which she is doing right now. The fact that you, and the fact, it's not even the fact that it's the investigation, it's how stupidly brazen she is. She's literally harassing people in broad daylight in the store, buying apples. You was right when you was this. And what's going on with Howard? Who's really the father? And I'm like, what is going on? Who approaches someone like that either way? Uh, that's just an entirely weird tactic. And it's also extra weird because she comes from a family of cops who know how to do negotiation and, you know, who shot Pookie in the street. You know, you know what I mean? Just basic tact. And she lacks that. <clears throat> and it's just the weirdest thing. And she comes across as so... <clears throat> unlikable that I would rather see herself set up for this downfall and not just be killed because she deserves that. Your own mouth has gotten you into so much trouble. He warned you. He literally said, this is what we're going to do. If you keep going and, and asking and harassing people, he said that to Howard and the way how she is so forceful about it. And then she's given that eye, you know, it wasn't about overtime. Like, what, what are you doing? 
I don't understand. It's just the whole situation is just so out of basic character that yes, she is acting like a Karen. Is this a parody of a Karen? Maybe we got Irv Gotti. Now we have Karens. Um, so for me, I would just prefer <clears throat> that they brought up the storyline about her supplying these young girls with drugs, using the Nicole situation for this as a, here's a blueprint. So in case we need to launch an investigation, which is really, we're going to set you up for this white girl's death. That way it pleases both the mother of Nicole and it pleases Howard and also the entire department because I don't think that she could just do this to Howard. If you let her loose, she's going to probably do it to everybody, you know? So you gotta, you gotta take her out right now and you can't go up and kill the cop because you know, that's a whole nother situation that involves Howard. Oh, you had problems with her and now she's dead. What's really going on? And that opens up an investigation. So I would rather they set her up for this downfall that she has created. And at this point, I just don't understand why you're acting this way. So please go to jail for trying to plant drugs on people. Uh, I have a quick question for you both. The commenters can answer this as well. So I agree with your theory 100%, Dana. But here's the question. If she does lose her job, y'all don't think that she would still be trying to get to the bottom of what happened with all of this? That's why I think the character needs to die. But no, but what, what's, a, the, what's the end game? Even if you say, oh, she's really your CI and you had a relationship when she was 16... Mm-hmm. Nobody that doesn't hold up in anyone's court. That's true. At yep. all. Because wonder you can't accuse someone of that if there nobody is is really going to agree to those statements. Raquel's not gonna go and be like, Well, you raped me when I was 16. Howard's not gonna do that. So you just look like the crazy person. It's bad. Nobody likes you. Not even your own family. They say, What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Your girlfriend's like, What are you doing? Yeah, so uh, could you repeat the question again, Rich, for me real quick, what you said? Uh, I'm just asking if the character gets suspended or fired or whatever happens, do you honestly believe that she's going to stop trying to dive deeper into what's happening with Howard? Because I don't see that happening. This is why I said it reminds me of Greg Knox where even Mm -hmm. after they lose a job, they go rogue and they still try to find answers. Uh, But it doesn't end well for those characters. It hasn't ended well for him. So that's why I asked that question. If you think she's actually going to stop if she was to lose her job. Yeah. uh, She's totally 100% Greg Knox. Um, I think (laughs) I I, I am leaning more towards her being fired than, than getting killed. I think that that is going to be the outcome that she loses her job. But I think that she's still going to continue, um, you know, going down the rabbit hole and learning more and more about both Howard and Raquel and all of the criminal activity that's going on. And she she's going to expose that later on, I think. So um, I, I agree. And the last point that I will add is that uh, this is probably how our, our, our crackhead friend comes into the picture, because if she was to get arrested, if she starts talking to this guy, hey, he can tell her, he can blow up everything. I know this Marvin guy selling drugs. I know about what Raquel is doing. This guy could spill the beans on so many things. So that could be how he, 
I guess the guy's name is Sam. This is how Sam gets in, brought into the uh, the equation. Yeah, yeah, because we do need to see that also because they showed us that for a reason. So he's going to mm-hmm. be utilized in some way. So, yeah, um, and also I do think that there is some there is a big twist or some some huge revelation coming about uh, the nature of um, you know Raquel and Howard's situation in the past like you know the the fact that she was an informant and all that i feel like there's there's some sort of big revelation coming surrounding that like you know um about raquel that we don't know already so maybe we'll get something like that you know in these next two episodes um but yeah so uh i think we're running out of time soon you have to go right dana soon um but uh, so let's uh, get to this question real quick. Um, so, what do you see? What do you think is going to happen with Kanan moving in with Famous? You know, what do you see any situation coming out of that? You know, um, is 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 this going to lead to uh, Famous potentially losing his life? I know we've speculated about that. You know, about him potentially. Um, you know getting addicted to drugs and, and all of that. And maybe, you know, Kanan fails to, to help him in some way. And, you know, maybe that kind of eats him up inside a little bit, makes him colder, darker, you know, uh, Dana, any thoughts on, on what might come of him moving in with, with famous. Okay. So what's hilarious about this is the fact that he doesn't even know how to do laundry, which kind of still shows the boy in him. Because granted, I, I didn't know how to do laundry until I went to college, and then that was a whole experience of red and pink. Um, my thing is, yes, I still want Famous to die. It could be a situation where Kanan obviously needs money, and so he starts doing the, the selling of the drugs, and then Famous gets involved, and maybe he's killed during a botched robbery or something like that. Or he gets helped on the drugs and then we get my crackhead moment. So that also could happen. With this whole situation involving Famous, Famous doesn't really seem to be like someone who's, I don't know. He doesn't seem to have much of a purpose right now in life. And he seems to just be floating on what anything that Kanan does or any kind of suggestion. So I do feel like Kanan will have to probably be that older brother towards famous. I thought it was really hilarious that they actually mentioned school because I didn't know anybody was in school still. So um, with that, I think that he'll probably end up selling drugs. We do know the whole situation with the recording studio, but that doesn't really seem to be, that doesn't seem to be like something that's going to be longstanding if they do have that investigation right now with the police. I don't really know. I just don't see him as being one of those, he's not going to be a breakout star at all. He's going to just be the guy with the failed music career who probably ends up on drugs and will probably get killed later on, not now, in some kind of botched situation. But right now, I just see that Kanan is going to have to play that older brother towards him and give guidance. And they're both a little lost, but Kanan seems to be more grounded. Famous is someone that just literally is just on the street because he wants to. Well, he he doesn't want to be, but he's just on the street and with no direction. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he he's uh, definitely you know the definition of uh, throwaway character in this season. He hasn't really been doing much. Um, uh, I mean, his main use in this episode was witnessing um, Raquel talking to Palomar. You know, that was his one uh, awesome moment in this episode. But um, <laughs> Rich, any thoughts on what might come of uh, Kanan moving in with Famous? Well, I think uh, I think the actor that plays Kanan, he has uh, found quite enjoyment in people talking about he's, his character is going to die at some point because he's he was talking about this in an interview recently. So th- this is what I will say though: uh, I definitely think that this accelerates his time as far as being on the show because it's going to eventually become a situation where Kanan has nowhere to go, and you know you're going to see famous definitely fall. You saw already he made the decision to leave the house that his mom is in. He can't stay with Howard. So something's going to obviously happen to Famous at some point that makes it a little bit difficult unless he somehow finds a way to still stay in that place if Famous Famous is no longer there. But uh, I kind of feel like uh, it's a matter of time where something is going to happen to Famous. Uh, I also want to add this as well, and this is just my uh, theory here. Uh, Vanessa, his sister, right? No, Jessica, rather. His sister, Jessica. I see that character coming back. Maybe certain things don't don't go right as well in this job that she's in. And she comes back. And that can cause quite some issues as well. She'll probably see Lulu interacting with this new woman now that is also his artist. And she probably may feel a certain type of way about that. Who knows? But I'm just saying, you know, you one thing you have said, like you say, Gary, Famous hasn't really served a major purpose in this show. He kept talking about he wants to get back in the studio and that didn't happen in this episode. I kind of feel like eventually it's going to be an issue with him getting back in that studio because again, Lulu has to now run things with, with uh, Cartier right there next to him. So I want to see how that plays out. And obviously Cartier is more concerned about Ziza having success. He I don't, he don't give a damn about famous. So I want to see how that plays out. But uh, to answer the question, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I think Famous, he's on borrowed time now. So I would not be surprised if that character is gone. Maybe it won't happen till the start of next season. Maybe it, maybe it'll happen at the end of this season. Who knows? But I kind of feel like his time is, is going gonna, is gonna to get cut short, for sure. Oh, yeah, indeed. And, uh, yeah, Dana, you know, she's got an interview to do, so she had to dip out real quick. But, um, but yeah, so... I, I agree. Something uh something is gonna happen and, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jessica does come back. And you know, um if she does come back, she you know, she's gonna see the state of what's going on with Lulu and Zisa and everything like that, probably and, and she and Crown being gone also. And um yeah, she is probably going to uh stir up some trouble, you know, if that happens. It, it, you know, if Famous is dead and she comes back and she finds out Crown is dead and Lulu's messing with Zisa. Like it's gonna be hell. It's gonna be like a you know, it's gonna be a lot of drama. I'll I'll put it that way. So, uh, you know, and that that would be a nice kind of like three sixty as well because she she left early in the season. So if she comes back like towards the end, that would be a, a you know a pretty cool three sixty just to see that. But um, but yeah, um, some something isn't gonna go right. Like I mean, whenever famous shows up in a scene like usually we know something's about to go wrong so (laughs) the fact that 
<laughs> the fact that Kanan is moving in with this guy, yeah, that that doesn't bode well for things. Um, there's going to be some some interesting developments in the next two episodes, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So I did have uh, another question that I'm going to ask. Also, um. So you know, Scrappy's mother, you know, obviously showed up in this episode and and uh, addressed Kanan and told him, you know, Raquel isn't doing enough. You know, um, and she did she did threaten him like, well, she threatened that she would do something if Raquel doesn't. So what is this thing that she's planning to do? What is she going to do? You know, um, now we know what happened to Scrappy. We know it was Raquel that that killed him. Um, So, you know, what do you think the mother is threatening to do if Raquel doesn't, you know, step in and and help her with 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 the loss of her son? What do you think is going to happen with that? Well, that's a good question. Uh, we know that she has been working as a CI. So obviously she knows a lot of information. Now, maybe I don't know how much she knows about the entire operation that they have been uh, doing. Raquel has been doing so on and so forth. But she knows enough information and she can ask around and get some some questions answered about this stuff. So I kind of feel like uh, she may try to snitch on them. And what they're doing with their entire operation. And that means that Raquel is once again going to have to get her hands dirty and take her out, just like she did Scrappy. So um, I kind of feel that that is the end game here. And you made a very good point on this show today, Gary, where you said it, it felt like this entire episode, Raquel was very calm, even though she faced all these situations, she still tried to keep her composure and make everything business as usual. I kind of feel by the end of this season, either the next episode or the season finale, you're going to see her have a breakdown. And then she's going to react recklessly and do a lot of different things. And killing Scrappy's mom, I could see that happening 100%. Um, Trying to do something else to take out the Italians, I could see that happen as well. But uh, I I definitely feel as though it's headed in that direction as far as Scrappy's mom, because she is a problem. She is a problem. The way she rolled up on Kanan, like she was trying to do a drive-by on Kanan. It's like, who who is this person? I I didn't see it. You know, and then when they showed what what, said, oh, okay. So she obviously is committed to taking action to get justice for her son. I think we're definitely going to start to see exactly what that is in the next two episodes. And I think it's going to reach a boiling point by the finale. Because it makes sense that it's headed in that, in that direction already. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be something to see, like, you know, um, if Raquel has a breakdown of some sorts, because we're so used to seeing her, you know, have have that same composure and keeping her, like, holding her emotions in and keeping things together, that if, if she were to have, like, a meltdown like that, um, yeah, that would be, you know, that would hit hard, you know, as, as a viewer to see that and um it would like be a peak moment in the series so um I, I could see something like that happening and also um i was gonna say that i feel like howard and raquel may end up utilizing each other more so like we see this burke thing going on um i do think that you know because of howard's connections and him being in the you know police force he is of great use to, to Raquel and, and everyone else. So I feel like, you know, because of Kanan, you know, being their child and, and because of their secret potentially being exposed, 
this might push them closer together and they might start utilizing each other more and, and, and Raquel might start leaning on Howard to help fix some of these things and cover up some of these things that she's done, uh, like killing Scrappy. And, and this was also kind of Howard's mistake also, you know, because he was the one that reported to her that Scrappy was, uh, you know, was that was cooperating or whatever. So this kind of is his error also. So he has to help her either way, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Um, and Dana, are you, are you back with us? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah. So uh, interesting thoughts on that. So before we, we do end off, um, I just want to, you know, cause when we don't usually record this show, uh, when when we usually record the show, we don't get to see the trailer because we 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 see the episode in advance. But because mm-hmm. of the scheduling conflicts and you know stuff that was going on, we're recording after you know the trailer has come out. So we got to see the trailer. So um, I think we should talk about it before we uh, head uh, head out of here. So um, there's some some interesting things happen in the trailer, you know. Um, for my, my favorite is you know Lulu, your boy Lulu, holding up a gun to someone, um, and you know I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking that might be uh your boy Jimmy or is it Jimmy, his name? I, that, I'm thinking it might be him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that 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 that's his name, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking that it, you know, if if Jimmy does end up sh- uh, killing someone, then you know this could be retribution right here. Um, but yeah, some, some other interesting things happen. Um, most notably Marvin isn't in the trailer at all. Um, so, you know, they're, they're obviously not going to give us any hint of what's going on there, but Richard, was there anything, you know, in particular that stood out to you or anything you wanted to say about this trailer? Yeah, I will add the point that, uh, you saw in this trailer that Unique was talking to Sal and Sal is basically trying to find out what's going on in Raquel's operation, and he refuses to give him that information. So it shows you, again, that Unique is keeping everything very close to his vest. You would you would think that this character would want to see Raquel have a downfall, but he wants to be the one to cause a downfall. He does not want somebody else coming in doing what he would set out to do on his own. So the fact that he is willing to now have an issue with Sal and the mob as well. I find that to be very interesting. And as you said, Gary, this could be a temporary alliance that he forms with Raquel and them to take out the Italian mob. I mean, that's possibly headed in that direction. Uh, Again, as you mentioned, very clever marketing not to have Marvin in any of the trailer. So people would think, oh, something happened to Marvin. I think we already know Marvin is, like I said, I I don't, Marvin eventually is going to get taken out because he's not in the regular power show. So something will happen to the character, but I just, I don't think this is it yet for him, something to happen to him. So I look forward to seeing him return and Renee is the one that unfortunately gets taken out, but uh, we'll see about that. And lastly, as you said, Lulu stepping up to get involved now and uh, look like he was going to take out uh, Jimmy. But again, the way that they, the trailer is so short, they show you a lot, but then they really, they don't really show you all aspects of what's going to happen in the episode. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, but uh, we'll, we'll know sooner rather than later. Cause only, only, only about, a, about a couple of days away now from, 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 from seeing it. So 
look forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, yeah, I really can't wait to see what's going on. Um, and yeah, like the these trailers, like it seems like lately they they like they're so uh, precise. Like they 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 try to hide a lot of stuff. Like it's like they don't show you enough, <laughs> almost. So it makes you yep. think some some major things is going to happen. But um, but yeah, great great points there about the trailer overall. Uh, definitely let us know your thoughts as well. You know, in the comments to, to the people listening. Uh, let us know your theories but uh we are gonna end on that note um you know um for for this week and we thank you all for your patience and you know waiting for the episode uh with the delay and everything um next week we should be back on schedule you know dropping as as soon as the episode airs on uh on on the stars app and everything so you know uh look out for that um and yeah rich do you have any shouts to get to real quick before we uh wrap this up oh no well shout out to everybody that was waiting for the episode as gary mentioned you know we do apologize for the delay but you know sometimes you know health well-being definitely has to come first so on that note i hope everybody is taking care of themselves uh for sure because that's what's important we always love doing these these uh shows and we look forward to doing the next two episodes so stay tuned next week. As Gary said, we'll be, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. But thank you all for your continued support. Leave your comments, likes, consider subscribing, and let us know what you think about this episode and what you think is going to happen in the next two episodes. And we look forward to talking to you all again next week. Indeed, indeed. And yeah, just, uh, you know, again, shouts to all the, the, the people who commented and sent their well wishes and everything like that. Um, you know, Inga, Rainy J, you know, some some of those people, uh, Rai One, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and also Kwame hit me on Twitter, you know, asking about the episode and everything. So, you know, big shouts to to all the regular supporters. Um, and yeah, I can't wait till till we do another live show as well so that we can connect with all of you in real time. Um, but yeah. Uh, we'll we'll be back on schedule next week, and I can't wait. Um, and also, big shouts to uh, Richard and Dana, also you know for putting in hard work um, this week. You know, so yeah, um, that that's it for now. Uh, we'll we'll be back next week. Everyone, take care of yourselves and enjoy your week. Peace out.